As Chris Bowen makes his way to Dubai for the uh, the Climate Change Conference, the international conference on there, one young Australian is already there. We've spoken to him before, Nuclear for Australia. He's founded that organisation. Uh, 17, William Shackle. Good morning, William. Good morning, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. Now, what's your interest being there? My interest is as a youth and nuclear advocate founder of Nuclear for Australia, and specifically I'm attending with a group called Nuclear for Climate, which is bringing young advocates from around the world, all calling for the use of nuclear energy and global plans. And I think it's really important that nuclear energy has a presence at COP, so we're all working hard together to advocate nuclear energy, make sure it gets the attention it deserves, and already we've been able to see that nuclear energy has been a at this year's COP, which is fantastic because we know if we want to reach net zero, then any of those plans, any of those pathways must include nuclear energy. The federal government has its uh, hopes in this in, in terms of getting to net zero pinned on renewables and solar. You don't believe it's enough? No. It, according to every organisation, you need net zero. Net zero needs nuclear. So it's for instance, the International Energy Agency, the International Atomic Energy Agency, they're all in agreement, even the IPCC, that net zero uh, needs nuclear. It, just the simple fact is that no nation around the world has been able to transition without a lot of hydro or a, la- a lot of nuclear. So it's a huge, really, if any country is going to reach our one. 100% renewables without any nuclear. But, you know, whilst re- renewables are a fantastic solution and we, we should embrace them, they need to be complemented by a baseload solution which is reliable, such as nuclear energy. Nuclear energy is uniquely positioned as a, a source of energy, which is the most reliable uh, form of energy, but also one of the most cleanest forms of energy. So, from my point of view, I think that given, I think it's fantastic that we have such great renewable rollout in Australia, but at the same time, I think if we want to be able to enhance, to allow for more renewables to enter our energy mix, we need to have that uh, reliable backup in place, that, that reliable option in place in Australia so we can make sure that, you know, the lights don't go out uh, and we're able to maintain... Uh, reliable power for industry and just, I guess, to people in general. What about the cost? One of the uh, the arguments used by the government is the, the cost in establishing a, a nuclear facility to generate electricity would be just uh, off, the, off the charts and people will be paying for that value added to their bills forever and a day. What's your response to that? Look, initially, if you were to introduce nuclear energy to Australia, there, there would be a cost. The argument I would have is that the government has no clue how much nuclear energy would actually cost in Australia removing the ban on nuclear energy. If they wanted to determine the cost of nuclear energy in Australia, then the first thing they would do would be to lift the ban because at that point you can have permissions. There will will be commercial interest. We know there will be commercial interest because these people, the companies companies are talking about Australia. So at the point at which you lift the ban, then you will be able to get some indication 
of what the cost of the energy will be. So I, I think the broader thing I would say is that, first of all, I think if we lifted the ban, we'd be proven that nuclear energy is economically viable. Just because looking at the global evidence, there's 50 countries looking to nuclear energy for the first time. If nuclear was too expensive, then why would all of those countries be looking towards nuclear energy? Even in the UAE, they made the decision 20 years ago to invest uh, in a nuclear power plant, which I just visited, the Baraka Nuclear Power Plant. It provide, now provides provide a quarter of their electricity. They are now producing uh, the mo net most new clean electricity per capita in the world as a result of that reactor. 75% of their new additions in clean energy are from that reactor. If it was too expensive, and why did they choose to invest? of all countries when they've got abundant gas and abundant solar. So I, 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 I'm not convinced by the argument uh, that we should a ban based on the fact that nuclear is supposedly too expensive based on the government's own estimations. And yeah. I think that just in general, even if nuclear energy was the most expensive form of energy, which I don't think anyone is convinced of, why ban it? Because if it was, no one would be silly enough to build a nuclear reactor in Australia and there'd be no problem. So I guess the end argument is just to say, let the market decide and lift the ban. And William, you've toured that plant now. What are your impressions of it? So it is the first civil nuclear power reactor I've ever visited in my life, which is quite the experience, especially at a reactor like this, which is just simply huge. It's got four reactors as part of the as part of the broader Baraka nuclear power plant, and there's actually estimations there might be a further two constructed. I, I have previously though attended and toured the Lucas Heights reactor, which mm. is 30 kilometres away, you know, from the Sydney CBD, a great marvel of Australian uh, ingenuity. Now today was actually I'm actually on the way back way back on a bus from visiting the Baraka nuclear power plant. So I'm still on a bit of a high <laughs> from that. But, yeah, that, that was my first reactor I've ever visited. And I can tell you I was very, it was very safe there. I was standing around. It wasn't exposed to ridiculous radiation levels. It was safe. I had dinner there. And I think the takeaway I got from that, walking around, being shown, meeting the incredible people. I think there's something like 9,000 workers there. The, the facts, are, it was shocking to think that something like that, which was supporting so many livelihoods, uh, not only in terms of direct employment there, but also just the fact that it's providing so much energy uh, to the region. It shocked me that a facility like that is not even possible in Australia due to the current policy settings. Who, who, knows, who knows what will happen? I, I think momentum is building for the ban on nuclear energy to be lifted, and I sure have, hope it happens soon. And there's support from perhaps an unlikely source in those policy settings, none other than the French president. You got a question into him. I, I did. I, I saw Emmanuel Macron walking past me yesterday, so I had my phone out and I decided to start recording. And I, asked, I was just generally asking him what he thought of the role of nuclear in global plans to decarbonise, given he is the leader of France, a country 
which is powered 70% by clean, clean energy. Mm. It's re- widely regarded as, regarded as one of the most successful nuclear energy countries uh, around the world. And for him to then immediately mention to me that he wanted the ban, that he, he basically called on Australia to ban on nuclear energy, I thought that was a really, it's a really important perspective from him because out of any world leader, I think he would understand nuclear energy probably the best out of them all. So I hope that his perspective has some influence on our decision makers in Australia and perhaps it will open their minds to considering the potential role of nuclear energy because I think the first step is to lift the bans on nuclear energy like he suggested because we really can't do anything before it. Australia's, you know, the only member of the G20 with a ban on nuclear energy. Really quickly finding at COP28 that this, that our government's refusal to even consider nuclear is just simply out of step with the rest of the world. Mm. And I think if we want to be taken seriously on climate change, we should keep an open mind to nuclear energy and we should just consider the option of it. That's just the first step. That's the very least our decision makers can do is to keep an open mind to it. Even if you, even if they have an issue with the economics of it, at least lift the ban. That is the first priority. All right. William, really appreciate your time uh, this evening over there. I know it's the middle of the night. Thank you and uh, enjoy your time in Dubai. Safe travels. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for your time. William Shackle, Nuclear for Australia.